Nath, please get the round of applause for an award-winning stand-up comedian, television host, writer, podcaster. You may have seen him on Good Newsweek, The Project, The Gruen Transfer. Have you been paying attention? Uh, the season three series final of his panel show, Question Everything, aired last week. And after 500 episodes of his podcast with his friend Charlie, uh, Tofop, 30-odd foot of podcast, uh, finally got discovered by its uh, namesake, Russell Crowe. Please welcome Will Anderson. Will Anderson. Hey, buddy. Uh, that's all we have time for, guys. Uh, that intro has taken up all the time we have allocated today for this interview. So it's true. Let's start with Russell Crowe because this is amazing. Charlie and I started this podcast 13, nearly 14 years ago now called 30 Odd Foot A Pod. And people ask, what, what what's the podcast about? And we're from a time where podcasts didn't need to be about something. The, the fact that you had a podcast was enough. We're from a time where we thought you had to have the name Pod in the name of your podcast to let people know. No, it was a pod. And so we thought 30 odd foot a pod, that's pretty funny. Like it's a play on 30 odd foot of grunts. That's like a little in, little internet joke that yeah. no one, anyway, 13 years later, 500 episodes later, the man himself, Russell Crowe, Toe Fog, 30 odd foot of grunts and the ordinary fear of God. Cause of course he had two bands yeah. that had the initials <laughs> Toe Fog. Came onto our podcast to tell us whether he'd heard about it, to tell us the origin stories behind Tofog, it was incredible. You well, didn't, I just, I can't believe after 13 years, you never ran into him. You never like cross, it never came up in 13 years. Oh, no, I ran it. Well, this is the, the difference, Jimmy. I will tell you this. It's like, I did run into him. In fact, Russell has, I've run into Russell several times and Russell and I have corresponded on like DMs on social media and stuff. Yeah. He, he and his son have watched a few of my comedy specials and he'll yeah. often send me a little note to <laughs> tell me that he enjoyed the latest comedy special. And here's what I never did. Bring up the podcast. <laughs> because I was... <laughs> Because I was like, well, if he's not going to bring it up, I'm, I'm not going to bring it up. Because I thought, you know what? Sometimes you just live in that world of either he doesn't know that it exists, yeah. and in which case, do we really want to alert him to, to the fact that he, yeah, we've been getting like we don't want to suddenly get a cease and desist at this like last moment, or that he knows that it exists, but he's just decided to ignore the fact that it exists. If so, I can live with that. Yeah, That's yeah, quite yeah. nice, right? Like, you <laughs> it's know, also that's a better like story, isn't coming. it? <laughs> right. Well, I like that. It's like my dad coming to see my comedy festival shows. He comes, he watches them. That's enough. He doesn't say anything afterwards. I don't ask him what he thought about it. We just live in that little world that we both know it exists. We both know it had happened. And I feel like I didn't want it to disturb that equilibrium that we were living in yeah. by bringing up this podcast. And so the fact that it finally happened, I, I was I was nervous about it. I honestly was like, oh, this could be the end of everything. So we waited very conveniently until we've moved all our podcasts to the one feed. It's now called Everyone Relax. Yeah. And so you can find Willosophy there. You can find Tofop, Tofop with Friends, our AFL podcast is there. They're all in the one feed now. Yeah. And so I figured if he had a real problem with it, it wouldn't matter anymore because we're now <laughs> under a new thing. And we could actually get away with well, it. Well, I mean, we, we did have Rusty on the on the show what a couple of weeks or a week ago yeah, now, yeah. Uh, and we you talk about disturb we disturbed him from a uh, from a tennis match. He with, was playing with Amy Shark. He was playing tennis with Amy Shark, uh, and that, we feel bad because that was a good opportunity for us to bring up our show podcast as well. Also named after Russell Crowe. No interest in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and also, don't, don't feel don't feel bad for having the name podcast in your podcast mm. title because we still call this the Jimmy and Eighth Radio Show uh, podcast. podcast. <laughs> 
so mate, old habits die young. Don't don't worry about it. Hey, we, I want to talk about, um, of course, the 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 season finale um, for Question Everything as well, mate. Uh, what a ripper! Three seasons that you guys have had. Um, talk us through what uh, how the year was, and uh, are we going to see it again for a couple more seasons? Yeah, so incredible, like really honestly, because we started this show. How's this? Like when we first started doing the show three years ago, it was. The first week we started making the show was the first week of the Sydney lockdown, yeah. right? So <laughs> literally good. the entire show, I was saying this to the studio audience when we recorded the final episode the other night, because we had this huge studio audience, like it's just built in momentum. People come along to see all the stuff that can't go to air for legal reasons. <laughs> and It's such a fun time. And I was saying to them, I said, it wasn't always like this. When we first made this show, the entire first season, we made it without an audience because it was the lockdown. In yeah. fact, we made it with only comedians from two local government areas because they were the only ones who could get permission to come into the station. And there was no audience. We used to have to hide the jokes from the cameraman. This is true. So we would have blanked out scripts like, you know, government documents that have been leaked from Guantanamo Bay. Oh. And so you'd see these scripts and they'd have big black bits like blanked out, yeah. redacted, yeah. so that none of the crew could see the jokes so that on the night, at least we might get a cameraman to laugh or something like that <laughs> to the point where we would get our warm up person, Rebecca de Unamuno, we would get her in to do warm up for our crew. <laughs> so literally she would come in and do warm up for the cameraman and the sound guy and the makeup people to get them in a good mood. Yeah. So they might laugh at the show. So the fact that then we've been able to make two seasons in front of an audience and this one in particular, where people have started to understand what the show is about and come out to see the show and enjoy the show has been so incredible. And like, they're all up on ABC Ivy now. So people can watch the entire series three, but it was just, it's just been so much fun to have a studio there to enjoy the jokes. Actually, but, well, that's, a, that's a really, good point you know as somebody who's you know you've done stand up in front of massive crowds internationally all over the place to then go to a really stripped back show starting for the first time how did how does that feel when you're doing jokes and you know you might get the out from I mean, it's hard to camera. know <laughs> hard to know how you going it's fair to say like, normally i take the audience's response as a fair indication like the audience aren't always right yeah but like most of the time yeah. you know like i yeah. mean yeah, most of the time they can have a good approximation of whether they're enjoying themselves or not and i if they're not there it's very hard to tell what people are doing at home and it's very hard to get cues about what you should be doing with the show but also I, what I've realized is I've worked in TV for a very long time, but the truth is that I'm a, I don't really like to make TV shows. Like yeah. that's not the bit of it that I enjoy. I make a live show on a Tuesday night that they edit down to a TV show that goes to air on a Wednesday night. But yeah. the hour we do in the studio on a Tuesday night is the show that I make. I don't sit in the edit. I don't like, like look at the show back once it's done, because to me, I, I've made the show. Yeah. They also filmed that show and then they put it together to a TV show. But obviously when we were doing it without an audience, it didn't feel like that at all. It felt like we were making something for a TV show. And that's never the way that I've made any of the shows that I do. Wow. They've always been live studio performances that get filmed. I mean, I don't even watch it back. Like I hear good <laughs> things about the show, but like <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, if I watched it back, I'd only be thinking about the things they cut out. Yeah, I was just about to say, are there things that they've cut? And you're like, oh, I thought that was a pretty good bit. And you've got you've got rid of that. That's why I don't watch, no. <laughs> what, you, what you don't know doesn't hurt you. Just right? get a text message from Russell. I can just Russell. imagine all those bits still made it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Russell's like, great show, mate. Fucking hate the podcast, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, what's, 
do you enjoy doing the most, Will, these days? Like you talk, you've been in TV for ages, you know, stand-up, you've got the podcast. Radio, is it still, watching radio. Radio, like is it still the stand-up? Is that still the thing that excites you the most? Yeah, the thing I actually love, love the most, if you're just talking about pure joy from the experience of it, without yeah. a doubt, is um, I do these improvised shows called What You Talking About, Will, which are completely made up in the room on the spot just for that audience on the night. And yeah. they're honestly the most fun things. They're a bad business model because, <laughs> like, you know, whatever great thing you come up with, you can never use it again. But it is very <laughs> artisanal farm-to-table comedy that you're creating just for the people in the room that night. And I think in this world where everyone is viewing something through a screen or it's made to be seen by as many people as possible, I love this idea of making something that isn't repeatable. You're not all yeah. sitting down to watch the same special and watch the same jokes told in the same way. This is something that is literally for the energy of that room, there that night, and whatever happens in that room and what I create with the ingredients that I have in the room, the way that they mix together, you could never mix all those things together again in a different yeah. environment and i love making those shows and the audiences really respond to those shows it's it's unfortunately it's like one of those things it's tough to just go on a tour of like the entire country and like just say to people oh yeah yeah, yeah. no i'm gonna make it up every night on the spot trust me i'm great at it but- <laughs> do you do you do that for your mates as well like are you like you know people at dinners and stuff like are you that type of guy are you more reserved like do you love entertaining no, I'm not a no. So I think that there's a, a bit of a theory about comedy that a lot of comedians aren't like I'm a quite a socially anxious person, which sometimes is a surprise to people. It isn't yeah. if you know a lot about comedians. Comedians are quite often socially anxious people. In fact, anxiety can be a spark for comedy, right? Yeah. Like, you know, what your anxieties about the world are often like you if you can express them in a comedic way, then it helps you with the anxiety of like society. But secondly, comedy is a very controlled environment right yeah, you yeah. know what the expectations are i can control how other people are laughing at me and judging me yeah. it's not that i'm afraid of them laughing at me and judging me but they can only laugh at me and judge me for the things that i have allowed them to laugh and judge <laughs> so there's a there's an element of control about that yeah. but also if i'm at a dinner party i mean ugh, gross like i mean come on like i'd rather do you anything know, else because <laughs> Firstly, I'm not going to a dinner party. But secondly, I'm a professional stand-up comedian. I'm not going to, like, suddenly, like, feel the need to do it for free for my friends. I mean, like, put, what's the point of having a good conversation? Hat off. Come on, guys. I need some money. Oh.